Welcome to the Lead Team Podcast. Every week, the Lead Team at Tate Springs will review our Sunday services, everything from the message to worship and whatever else comes to our minds. Let's dive in. Check it, check, 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 yo, yo, shiggity. All right, we good? All right, well, welcome to another Lead Team Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today, and uh, we are so glad to today, have you. Today, today, Yeah, today, today, today. We're so glad uh, that you are spending some time uh, checking in, and really, this is a time, if you're new to this, or even if you've been tuning in for a while, this is a time for us to reflect on what the Lord did on Sunday, and, and maybe even look at some things that got left on the cutting room floor. And, uh, and really, we just have a simple conversation about the service. And so let's talk about Sunday. And um, Sunday, I, I will Sunday, let me start out this Sunday, way. Sunday. I felt this Sunday, way. And I had a church Sunday. member come up and, and tell me in the morning and then also in the evening that uh, they felt like uh, it was just a really blessed service. You know, they said they felt and sensed the Holy Spirit. And I felt the same way. I just felt like the whole thing was really smooth and. And um, we've said this before, but the theme of yesterday to me was just pretty evident in the songs and in the message of the sermon. And, um, and that's always really encouraging when you see something that just fits together like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I particularly enjoyed the way that the response time was handled at the end. Yeah. It was like it was just really low key. And I just really enjoyed the 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 opportunity to inter interact, it was, it was low key, but it was, it wasn't abbreviated. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of times when we do something that's like, Oh, this is real low key and it's real short, but this was like, no, we're going to let it breathe for a second. Yeah. Yep. Yet it was just, just a guitar and a couple vocals, just real chill. I liked them. So yeah. it's always Jason and I, or any pastor worship pastor, they understand when you offer an invitation and you have people come and pray, you're always so encouraged by that. But then you have that, Sometimes people will pray for a long time, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, you want that. But then um, you start thinking about, okay, how long is the, are they going to pray for? Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and then you're like, do I just keep the service moving on? Do I give them place to pray? And so usually you fall somewhere in between. Week by week. Yeah. yeah. And, and so we had someone praying uh, for a little longer uh, yesterday, and we just used it as an opportunity to kind of stop and let the moment breathe. And yeah, um, I just really I appreciated sweet, I that. Yeah, I think in in light of the message itself, but the the overall worship service, there's just something about the just the calmness of that moment that I thought was really good. Yeah, and what I loved about this week actually, as I looked at it, was we had three different people leading. Yeah, well, four. I, I did like, like that a lot. And I was like, yeah. this worked really well. I, it was it was. It was cool because except for that guy on guitar. Oh well, watch out for him. Yeah, I thought he stole the show, man. But the, the Kurt, Kurt, for those listening, it was Curtis's son, so we're picking on him. He did awesome. Yeah, so it was funny because I, I I was standing there while while he's leading that song, and uh, and I look you over, started and I, crying. You were so I proud. see Mark Simmons standing in like at the back with with his daughter, and he looks over at me. And just smiles like I, I know you're feeling this. And it is like it doesn't matter how many times you watch your kids right. lead worship; mm -hmm. it's amazing. So let me let me piggyback off that for a second. So this morning, uh, we always do our Nehemiah kids with our with our littles in the morning over breakfast, and so we're talking about the body of Christ this week. And uh, and so we, I asked them a question. I, I taught them the message of the hands and the feet and. 
and uh, and everything, read the verses, and then I said, "So, what do you guys think? What what part do you think you play?" And uh, and I helped them to understand how they could answer that question by saying, "What do you enjoy doing?" and and how can you use that for the Lord in, in the church? And of course, they're in piano, and they come they come to the worship academy, and mm-hmm. they were saying, "We want to sing." And uh, Bethany was even having visions of playing the violin at some point. So, oh, nice, <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh, she's dude. She's got the skills and the ears. She could play that yeah, instrument. Yeah. So, um, so, anyways, it was really cool uh, because we talked to them. We said, "Listen, right now, you." We call it our farm farming system here at the church because, <laughs> internally <laughs> because the kids are learning and it, it, you know, they're learning how to play these instruments yeah. um, for the Lord through worship Academy by, from the youth who have themselves in some cases already went through some of that. And I was even talking uh, about this system to, uh, to a, a prospective family yesterday. It was so cool. I'm so proud to talk about it because yeah, it's cool. their question, it was like an alley-oop. Their question was, so, t- uh, you know, tell me about your children's programs. And I said, Oh brother, let me tell you about, about these things. <laughs> Top notch. And, and I get to talk about it, not just as someone who gets to observe it or see it, but who is experiencing yeah. the blessing of, uh, the system we've set up here to disciple families. So, it, so yes, it, it is, it is really cool to see, um, a system, uh, it, because Amanda over breakfast this morning, she was like, you know, she, there is kind of an age limit, I guess at some point, but she was like, I don't think the age limit is really that strict because, so she said, as soon as you guys figure this out, you can start plugging in and their eyes just lit up. Yeah. And it reminded me of Don, Don Whitney's book, spiritual disciplines for the Christian life. Yep. The first line discipline without direction is drudgery. Mm-hmm. And he tells the story where he, of this little boy who is playing home, home on the range on piano, looks out the window and sees baseball yeah. pl- happening and wants to go play baseball. He has a vision of, of someone, mat- you know, meticulously playing the piano and all these uh, amazing ranges and nuances. And then the angel says, that's you if you practice. So we were able to have a conversation that directs them for not just learning piano for the sake of it, but for, potentially being up there leading i legitimately had two seventh graders now this is i mean this is the fall they've just been in the youth group for a short period of time two seventh graders came up to me at the end of our worship academy semester a couple weeks ago and said how old do you have to be to start a new class in worship academy and i said well normally we like our seventh and eighth graders to help and then by ninth grade for you to lead your own class but if there's something you're wanting to do, I'm sure we can find an older student who would like to work with you in that. Yeah. And so now they're going to be starting up probably in the spring. We haven't worked through it yet. But probably in the spring, they'll start up a drama class, which we used to have in Worship Academy. But we didn't have anybody who wanted to teach it for a couple of years. We didn't have it. Yeah. And so we're going to have seventh graders, <laughs> seventh graders who don't just want to teach. They want to start a class. They have vision for it. And they're ready to lead now because this is what's been, it's God's economics plan. It's freely you have received, therefore freely you must give. So these kids freely received what has been poured into them over the last several years, and they are longing to give that away. Yeah, And it's just really cool to see that in 12-year-olds. It's like I saw, uh, and I shared the post with you, and we didn't, it was from a Presbyterian mm-hmm. uh, framework, so we didn't obviously buy into it as Baptists at the level that he did, but he did talk in his commentary about the value of joy mm-hmm. in, uh, in, in discipleship. And so when, when students, whether it's from their parents or from the church, they feel like 
this is not just something we're doing, like going to a job, but like we are enjoying this and that rubs off on them and they want to, to participate in it. Well, Um, what I appreciated about that statement was the, you know, he was talking about covenantalism, obviously in, but like not treating our kids like they're on the outside looking in, like that they are a part of a God seeking family and that, that, they're engaged in, they're engaged in spiritual things and in their journey. Yeah. I thought was, I thought that was good too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what else about the service? Um, I really also liked how, uh, it honestly was a continuation of last week. You know, last mm-hmm. week we were talking about the object of our faith is God's grace. And this week yeah. we were leaning further into that. Okay. In our faith, when we meet trials, what purpose do these trials have or what, um, what are we able to respond with? And once again, well, if we know God is the object of our faith, then that means every single trial we're going through is really just more of him pouring into us and removing, you know, Mm -hmm. our uh, fleshly nature. You said um, being honed, Mm. refined and honed is kind of how you phrased it. Yeah. Yeah. So So, um, the tribulations that we go through hone our hope Mm. uh, in the Lord. And they have a way. So we it was a very artistic based sermon yeah so it was i had a lot more and i thought at some point what did you what did you say the 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 you said an italian word kia kia uh rescuro i think is how you say it's chiaroscuro okay yeah contrast dark and light yeah so that comes from two italian words i just wanted i just wanted you to say that yeah correct you well i mean (laughs) I know that. So I don't, it's I, like a setup. How did you say it? And I was like, no. So, yeah, well, I don't speak Italian. You should so have consulted. It's like saying the rude. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't pretend as a Texan. No worries, my bro. I don't you know that was a just Texan. a setup to play with you. No, no. Listen, I, when I, when I pronounce those, I go and listen sure. to the pronunciation. Uh-huh. So I was saying it as, as a Texan. Right. Not as a, a fake Italian, anyway. So, like, so. You, it was like it was like akin to being a Texan. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Aiken again. Wait, wait. No, which is it? Be oh, careful. So, uh, you know, I had, um, I really like, I really liked. It was fun for me uh, to get to look at uh, Rembrandt. Yeah. Um, and I think so. I, I mentioned a couple weeks ago with Mike. And when I was looking at the people when he was preaching, I'd never seen our people more engaged. Okay, I mean, they were right, right, they were right. leaning in yeah. physically, and I thought, man, you know. And I and so uh, and I'm I'm kidding, of course. I'm glad that that happened. But when I they say as a preacher that whenever you tell stories that and I see it when I'm preaching, if I'm giving the explanation, yeah, people are listening. But it's uh it's like listening to a, a recipe sometimes or reading yeah. the phone book the way that they're uh they're looking and so but when you say you know one time let me tell a story you know this one time you know at, at uh in, you know college i was yeah you know that you can see them kind of shift and lean oh, yeah. in and uh and they say the most powerful way to illustrate a text is with a personal story mm-hmm. but i think visual aids also oh go yeah a long way. So, so when i put that on the screen i explained explained and i said let me illustrate this you could see people kind of that let their guards down yeah. and, and look at it. And I looked around and, and uh, 
I think it really, I think it resonated with some people. Well, I had especially a, with the laser pointer, because yeah. you were able to like, you were I able to like really yeah. fine tune in and it really did help. Dude, that thing is cool. You go outside yeah. and you can oh, yeah. see the laser go all the way up. I'm like, this thing is probably it's like dangerous. It is dangerous. You can get yeah. in trouble with those things. Did yes. you see the guys at the International Space Station waving back at you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, I mean, it, you can see the laser going all the way. It's a, called a star pointer. Yeah. So you could actually use it and point at stars. Wow. And you can say, like, there's Mars or, or whatnot. You realize cool. that's going to be what happens now. The aliens are going to come attack us because you gave some sort of alien Morse hey, code with your star It's 10 bucks form. on Amazon. I'm just saying. I'm not the only one that has one. <laughs> but I'm sure that if you shine it at a... The thing Probably is... the aliens trying to convince us. You that, could you shine know. it on an airplane. I know. And I bet you people in the airplane would see it. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. they'd probably... with I bet you they would know exactly where it came from, too, with all the technology. Anyways, it's really cool. But, yeah, um, man, what a beautiful painting and it's stolen yeah. i know that's that's and, so crazy. it's somewhere right now and and nobody knows like i don't know what that person is thinking like that's whoever the guy who stole the mona lisa tried to sell it i'm like really <laughs> like two years later like it was all over the headlines you think I, notice, huh? I don't know what they're unless it's on the black market and that's how they're selling it um they're trying to make an nft out of it yeah yeah there you <laughs> go but uh but yeah man it was uh i think um if you haven't watched the sermon um, we used Rembrandt's Storm in the Sea of Galilee to talk about what Paul m- means by the word peace, which is a beautiful painting with mm-hmm. Jesus in the boat. It's a depiction of Mark chapter 4 of the, of the crisis uh, of the storm before Jesus speaks to the wind. And so the meaning of peace is not the absence of tribulation, but the presence of tribulation with Christ there in the boat with us. Yeah. And so that's what, what Paul means by peace. So, um, yeah, we referenced uh, Mona Lisa. Uh, we referenced uh, Michelangelo, or is it? Let me ask Jason: Is it Michelangelo or Michelangelo? It's Michael. Michael. Michelangelo. Oh well, now or we do know you, Michelan- How do you say it, Michelangelo? Michelangelo. Is there German? A- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. Just making. I sure. would have said Cowabunga, dude. You did say Cowabunga, <laughs> yeah, which did. I am a big fan of. I was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Shout out. I mean, that was well worth it. It is cool that, that Michelangelo can, can fight crime out of a sewer and also paint. And sculpt. And sculpt. I mean, the guy was super, was super creative, talented. and he's really good with uh, katanas. Nunchucks. No, Michelangelo has nunchucks. Michael, sorry, Leonardo. Leonardo. Let's get this right. Michelangelo has the nunchucks. Leonardo, Leonardo has the katanas. Yeah, and then Raphael okay, has the size. Okay, I do have a question, though. How, how do you, So you say size. Yes. Is that how you say it? Size? Size. It's like the little daggers. Oh, scythe? No, there's no TH in it. So when yeah. I was little. What? What are we size. referencing? Hold on, hold on. I'll Their show you. size. S-A-I. That's how you it's a size. I would say sci. Okay. It's yeah. a sci. So whenever I was little, you. let me pull up an image right here. Because I was thinking there. of the, the scythe when he. It's like that, but shorter. Huh? It's funny, the one we haven't mentioned was is called. Donatello. When I was little, my parents would laugh. New today. So y'all aren't the only ones who laugh at my pronunciation. And knowledge is power. Because <laughs> when we were little, we would call them seas. Seas. That's just what we said. And my, my parents, it's one of those things where they laughed at us and never corrected us. Oh, oh yeah. And oh, then yeah. they finally did. They're like, this so, is awesome. So then they finally said, it's a sigh. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, nah, it's seah. But did you ever verify that information? Because maybe your parents, I'm doing it right now. Maybe your parents. I'm asking you guys because oh. y'all are the. You need the, to look at look at it when we compete. The pronunciation. So, right now. I think it is Sai. It's it's definitely Sai. And then Donatello had the bow. The yeah, bow he has staff. the bow staff. Yeah. Poor and, Donatello, uh, always the last one mentioned. Dude, 
I mean, can you imagine having a piece of wood while everyone else gets like swords, like swords, and, and yeah, it's like but nunchucks too. Uh, no, you got a stick. You, you get a stick. Anyways, it's yeah. cool that it's cool that he uh, was able to sculpt David and also be in an awesome cartoon from the nineties. Well, I mean, you would think sculpting would be hard when you only have three fingers and like the like those fat <laughs> turtle fingers. Yeah, but yeah, I didn't even know turtles had. You got like. You're kind of it's the triangle, so you have like the perfect molding. He does have like, a that's a, a that's why thumb, we yeah he does. God clearly does. created those fingers <laughs> to be able to like sculpt and pinpoint and pinch and pull. Wait a second, and... I'm not sure if the Ninja Turtle is the same guy as the Renaissance artist though. Oh, you don't think so, huh? I mean, Hold I on. guess my mind is the time period may be off because it seems like modern day New York is not where Michelangelo was hanging out. Yeah, we're gonna. That's a big. That's a uh, big thing. On a serious note. Oh, really? Anything else about uh, Sunday that the Lord spoke to you guys about? Well, so I thought the coolest thing about the 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 picture was when you talked about like Rembrandt inserting himself, like being in the boat, you know, like helping everybody identify with the concept of we're all in that boat and the storm is coming and the storm is, is raging, but but peace is in the boat with us if we're believers. Like, this is, it's weird. Sometimes you find yourself getting emotional over things that you wouldn't otherwise think. But when I was preparing the sermon and I came across that, mm -hmm. you know, and and and, and, uh, and it's a widely known fact that Rembrandt did that. But whenever you sit, sometimes you don't have enough time to sit and think about it. But whenever I was looking at the painting, kind of preparing uh, to unpack it as an illustration. And I, and I came to that point, I just kind of found myself looking at Rembrandt, holding on to that rope, looking out yeah. at me, looking at, looking in at him. And he's, it's like, he was calling out from, uh, the, you know, the, the Renaissance period from the 15, 1600s and just kind of looking at you. And I found myself in the, in sermon prep, kind of getting emotional about that mm -hmm. and, and then and then learning about his life where he lost children oh, and lost man. his wife and just thinking you know about how all these hundreds of years ago he he was painting a, a, a message that here we are in 2023 still talking about the same kind of thing the same story and we're connected through that and i think that's the value of art yeah and it really is um i mean it's it's like a message in a bottle uh, that we found um, that was written all these years ago. I mean, they say a picture's worth a thousand words. Yeah. yeah. Well, for Jared, it was worth a lot more because he's definitely talked more than a thousand words about That's that picture. for sure. Yeah. On Sunday, so definitely. That's true. That's, That's true. true. Yeah. So, uh, I loved the illustration. I just really, it, it was just, it was just very poignant. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it just really uh, brought the point home and it was such a good illustration of the peace in the midst of the storm. Because, I mean, like, you know, Jesus looks at him and says, you know, oh, you have little faith. Like, what's the problem? What are you worried about? Yeah. You know, like I'm here. So cutting room floor stuff. I um, always say maybe we'll pick up something from cutting room floor. I don't know if we've done it yet, but no. I did have what got dropped. I did have I really wanted to. And I, and I realized I was squeezing it in, in unnecessarily. But I really wanted to include something about the protesters who go into museums yeah. and like destroy historical, try to destroy historical works of art because of climate change. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to just put in the joke, you know, that says something about the guy who goes to the doctor and says, doctor, I'm really depressed over the weather in a thousand years. And the doctor says, have you tried de destroying a priceless work of art? <laughs> <laughs> and I just realized 
Yeah, that I probably like. Well, with the sermon tone being on tribulations, I don't. Yeah, was, maybe, maybe a little like a little off. I, off I the, did the have. Um, there. I would have laughed. I did have at the end, and I just realized at some point I'd referenced a few works of art, and I didn't want to overwhelm because I would have had to show another picture. But I wanted to show uh, the Sistine Chapel, uh, the famous part with uh, God's finger yeah. mm-hmm. uh, reaching out uh, to Adam, and. Um, you know, Adam, if, if you can picture that or even Google it, it's like if he just put in a little bit of effort, he could actually touch the hand <laughs> of God. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to talk about there was so much to that. There's there's even a really neat theory um, about how if you look at kind of the red background on uh, with God, it looks even like a human brain. And so there's a lot going on there. But what I wanted to do is just talk about um just kind of reference that a little bit and to bring it all in home. But, uh, but instead I just referenced, uh, the idea that, uh, Michelangelo had given about the block. And when someone said, how did you do this? And he yeah. said, and, and this is how I, this is how I've come to look at, at creating a lot of times we think when we create, whether it be a meal, a painting, a song, whatever, that we tend to think, well, I'm, I'm creating it. But I think that when you create something that is true, if it's portraying truth, that you're not creating something so much as you're discovering it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's how Michelangelo talked about creating David was. I didn't make it. It was already there. And I just chiseled away what didn't need to be there. And that's a, that's a different way of viewing, which I think is the right way of viewing art. So whenever you write a song, I think you are capturing... Um, if the song is true and accurate, if it's portraying mm-hmm. truth, you are capturing something that is true invisibly in creation that God yeah. created all things visible and invisible. Right. Yeah. And and so when I go to even a secular concert like John Mayer or Gavin DeGraw, two of my favorites, these guys may be singing about things that aren't necessarily spiritual, mm-hmm. but they're singing about things that are true in sure. other in other ways. And this is this is part of ge- God's general revelation, as we've talked about in Romans, that um, that I can sit there and listen and like. And Gavin DeGraw, when I went to his concert this summer, he would sit there and it, it was as if he was tuning in to the universe before he started doing these songs. Mm. And uh, and his and his lyrics are so deep and so poetic. And I, and I think that, and he has some kind of faith background, but I think that he, as a creator, he's tuning into things and he's mm-hmm. finding the rhythm of the universe. And that's what I think we're, we're called to do yeah. as Christians. And, uh, and so that's why I think art is, is so valuable, um, as a way to, to illustrate truth, because I think whenever it's right, it, it does that. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, so that was a Sunday in a nutshell. Anything else from you guys before we we wrap it up today yeah i think we're good yeah yeah awesome well thank you everyone for tuning in to another lead team podcast we'll uh we'll look forward to talking with you guys again next week thanks for listening at tate springs we want to help you discover your part in god's story connect with us at tatesprings.com we'll see you next time